Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, we introduce you to special guests who share their personal stories and advice on how to build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their home, community, and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Kurlaitis, your host. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us once again on the Moms for America podcast. Right every week, we gather together to inspire, encourage, and educate moms in their journey through motherhood. We believe that liberty begins at home and that you moms, you are gifted with the most incredible blessing of raising the next generation. So right on the top of the show, I want to let you know about today's discussion with an amazing Montana mama and a nurse of 15 years. And she's going to talk to us about the topic of medical freedom. She's dealt with the ever-changing COVID guidelines and protocols, and now shaming division and judgment has set in, unfortunately. Her passion has always been to care for the sick while also wanting her own medical freedom. She wants choice. Some of the nurses at her hospital formed a support group for the unvaxxed staff, and you know what? They have been speaking out ever since. Her journey has been pretty amazing, She's using her voice and she's helping her community and the medical community. I can't wait for you to hear her story. But before we get started, I do need to take care of a little bit of business. First, I want to welcome anyone that is here for the first time. Thank you for stopping by and listening to our podcast. It's a great honor to to be um, in your home and on your phone and in your ears today. I, I hope that you know, you continue to, to, to tune in to our podcast. We really have some great shows and a great library already. Um, But I also want to invite you to our Moms for America uh, website, which is momsforamerica.us. Check out all of our amazing resources, our events, our programs. They're all on our website there. We also have a weekly newsletter that you can sign up and get all of our information on a weekly basis. Uh, Become a podcast subscriber. We're on YouTube, Rumble, all the formats, Charisma Podcast Network. um, And we release them also on our, our website every week. Uh, We would appreciate it if you would share, like, subscribe, and all that fun stuff uh, and get the information to your mama friends. We help to educate, inspire, and we believe that moms, moms, you are truly the ones that are going to save our country. No doubt about that. Well, on to today's episode, our special guest is a nurse of 15 years and a mother of two. Corinne Hammond is joining us today from her ranch in Montana. Corinne believes that people should have the the choice. They should have medical freedom. They should be allowed to be vaccinated or not vaccinated if they have concerns. And by the way, they should not be losing their jobs over an unvaxxed status. She believes that when there is risk, there must be a choice. And I think that is the best lead in to this discussion. So I wanna welcome Corinne to the Moms for America podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, you guys. Thanks for having me, Deb. Yes. Well, we met uh, a week or so ago. It's kind of time flies when you're having fun here. And I heard Corinne's story um, personally and was very moved about this. And obviously, this is not just happening in Montana, in her, her place of employment. Things like this are happening all across the country, and that's why we want to discuss this. But before we get into the heart of the matter, I would love to hear about your family. Introduce us to your two children and tell us about the cattle ranch. And I don't know if I've ever had a mom on here that had a cattle ranch. 
<laughs> so I have, um, I'm married to my cowboy, Clint. And I have, cowboy Clint. I mean, what a great name for a cowboy too. Okay. Yep. Um, my, our two kids are 13 and 11. We have a son named Everett who's 13 and a daughter named Scarlett who is 11. Um, they're your quintessential cow kids and they ride horses and work right alongside us through all things agriculture, including farming and raising cows and selling meat direct and all of, all of the fun that that includes. So we, um, we have, we're fifth, fifth generation on our family ranch out here. Um, so obviously agriculture runs deep in our veins, but, um, every generation, you know, has to take over and learn how to do it. And my husband and I are in the process of doing that right now, which it means really tough decisions right now with, um, input costs being at record highs, fuel costs, everything. Um, right. so the what transition, yeah, the transition is pretty incredible. We've had a drought the last couple of years. We've had grasshoppers the last couple of years. We were fighting fire all last year. Um, Wow. So it's been, it's been a challenging time, but, um, when it's, when it's in your bones, it's, it's, um, it's what you do and it's what you love and it's hard, but the payoff is, is worth it. So that's, that's our wow. ranching side. <laughs> love that. I love that. Well, it sounds like you have a beautiful family. That's wonderful. Thank All you. right. And then on the other side of life, besides being a mom and a cattle rancher there and helping out with, with your business, You've been a nurse for 15 years. You've worked in a number of different hospital settings and units. Um, you said that when the pandemic hit, every nurse jumped into the unknown, right? Just like all of us, no, no one knew what was happening. It was chaotic. The rules and the guidelines kept changing daily. Just real quick, what was it like um, when this all hit for you as a nurse? It was interesting when it first started, um... Um, I was actually um, in leadership at the time and we had, we like shut our hospital down. You know, we were anticipating this wave right. and nurses weren't allowed to wear masks. You know, like the, the, a memo would come out. This is how we're going to approach it right now. Mm -hmm. And then a couple days later, it would be different. So I remember actually being in leadership and having to have nurses take their masks off because wow. we weren't allowing them to wear them because it wasn't a good idea to wear a mask for a 12 hour shift, one mask, you know, in the OR, right. you wear a mask for one case and then you take it off and you put on a fresh one. So um, I was taking masks off of people and then it changed all of a sudden and everybody was masking and you had to wear the same mask for seven days. Um, unless it became soiled, you had to, you know, put, we had them put their masks in a paper bag. We were reusing N95 masks um, when we did have a COVID positive case um, and they were putting them in bags and sending them off to sterile processing and they were doing their thing and then bringing them back up and you'd find your mask and that's what you'd wear again. Um, so it just became, and it, you never knew people would come to you and ask, ask for answers. And it was so hard to give them answers because it was right. just, consistently changing. That was the consistently only thing. Consistent. Changing. Right. Yeah. And like you said, it really was the unknown. So now we're, we, we go down the road here now and people are kind of figuring out how to handle the COVID crisis in their hospital, but the CDC guidelines kept changing everything. I mean, did the, did the CDC guidelines make any sense to you in the medical field? I know it here is, is patients or the general public 
we mm-hmm. could not make sense out of anything. Is it quarantining for this amount of time? Is it just previous infection? Is there, can you reuse class masks? Is social distancing really? I mean, did any of this in the medical field, was it as confusing for you as it was for us out here, I guess, participating in, in trying to stay safe, you know, stay, stay, not, stay well, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yes, very much so. And frequently, the CDC didn't cover all caveats of right. what we should do in every single scenario, because like in the beginning, you jump in and you do it because you don't know much about the virus. You know, at first we were told the virus was a heavy virus, so it came out and it fell to the ground. So in that case, a mask does help you. Well, then later on, as you learn that it's an airborne virus, as healthcare workers who base our practice on evidence-based practice, Mm. and you learn that it's an airborne virus, surgical masks don't do anything. It's out in the air, it's aerosolized. So it doesn't do anything to wear surgical masks, yet we still are masking in our hospitals here today. And we're a pretty free state as far as states go. So it's the the inconsistencies just started to build. Another um, scenario that came up is, like our kids would come home, have a positive test. My, my daughter came home with a positive test. She had a mild right. sore throat, a mild fever. Right. She had to be in quarantine. We all had to be in quarantine, but I was still allowed to work. So I right. was, I didn't have any symptoms. I was symptom-free and should I have developed symptoms, I would have not been working. But in the interim, I was still working because we were short-staffed. Right. So here I am with a sick daughter at home. I'm getting exposed daily and I'm going to work caring for patients where it's like, you know, lockdown. So it was just a very, um, yeah, the mind boggled. Right. (laughs) Right. Like you just referred to uh, medicine as evidence-based is an evidence-based practice. And I think even just as the general public, when things just don't make sense and they don't add up or they ever are ever changing, we then start to question what is real, what is safe, what is not safe, and really what is, what is the truth, right? At the bottom, at the end of the day, everybody just wanted to know what was the truth and what was really yeah. working. Um, so then the vaccines arrived on the scene here at, you know, during COVID. Um, questions were being asked about risks. There was some skepticism. Um, then those that didn't maybe jump on or agree, there was division and shaming. So this here is where we've all fast forwarded down the road. It's you know division everywhere as far as the workplace, a lot of workplaces, I should say, federal mandates, all of this happening in the schools. What happened in your hospital when the vaccine came in and decisions needed to be made? So it was highly encouraged because of a House bill, House Bill 702 that was passed in Montana um, in May um, by some very insightful and um, amazing House representatives that really were advocating that they could see what was coming and um, they didn't want this to be something that all Montanans had to get. And so this House bill, this bill, this law got put into place and um, it protects everybody, everybody in the state of Montana from any discrimination based on vaccine status, and it um, makes vaccine passports illegal. And so because that was the groundwork in Montana, it gave us a little bit more time to kind of 
for everything through everything. Right. Yeah. And the hospitals really had to strategically figure out what they were going to do because state law trumps, you know, a mandate or it should, but then, but then as federal mandates came out, the hospitals all climbed on board. Some of them wanted to, some of them didn't want to, um, but they climbed on board stating that they had to keep their CMS funding. So because of the way that the federal government came at the hospitals, right. They basically, they basically threw the state law to the side and went with where their money was coming through, coming from, which really, really undermined us as nurses. It undermined our trust in our employers and all healthcare workers, not just nurses. It's all of us. It's a team, you know, we can't do, we can't do it without our, our cleaning staff. You know, it's not just nurses, Um, but it undermined our trust. And so once you break that trust and you start to see, okay, what's your priority hospital? Mm -hmm. What is your priority? Where are you coming from? Are you, you have your mission statement and you have your goals, but then you turn around and you seem to throw those to the side in order to chase money. And we understand it's a business and you have to stay in business, but to, at what cost, you know, where do you draw the line? Speaking of costs, so you're saying that a hospital in Montana had fired 40 of their staff for not getting the vaccine, right? Not getting the shot. Now, all of a sudden, this is getting very up close and personal. Either get vaccinated or lose your job, right? Can hospitals even take on this lack of staff? Um, So you've now created a support group. You started sharing your story. You started talking amongst the nurses. And you found out what that 30 to 40% of your staff was unvaxxed at this point and you kind of gather together and you asked for um i guess uh, uh, options and what happened yeah so um i had seen in a couple different states where everybody just did it you know they just complied and went with it instead of asking questions and so once i once we realized the number of us that were currently unvaxxed that were maybe on the fence, maybe just questioning it. We'd rather not do it, but if we're going to be forced to do it, some of them probably would have. And so, and the shaming and blaming had started, the division had started. And so the Mm -hmm. people who didn't want the vaccine, they were staying quiet in these conversations. So you oftentimes didn't know who they were, but they were all watching and they were seeing what was happening to the people that were speaking out about it. So me and four other healthcare workers that I'm friends with were at different hospitals, but um, we kind of band together to support each other because we knew we were going to have to have strength in numbers because hospitals are understaffed across the country. It's been a right. problem since always has COVID. Been yeah, right. it's not a new thing. They try and right. make it sound like COVID has stretched us so bad. We've been stretched. We've already been stretched. Right. Um, and so we saw what was happening. We band together and we just knew we had to have strength in numbers. And we also didn't want to see our fellow healthcare workers bullied or um, shamed or, and we were blamed because we were, we were not taking care of our, our patients properly. If we weren't vaxxed, you know, we were putting them at risk. And so we were being said that we were doing bad when we've spent our whole careers doing the opposite of that advocating taking care of so it just it just felt really yucky to have that 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 about you right that push that shame that label um I think I remember you even telling me that if you were unvaccinated the push was that you were going to wear a yellow sticker did that's what they were proposing to you is that correct 
Yep. We had a memo came out. So our hospital is a system hospital. So all these memos are coming from a hospital in another state, but because of house bill 702, we were able to fight that sticker mandate. Um, but had they had talk about discrimination. Yeah. A yellow sticker, no doubt. Interesting. Um, So a yellow sticker. I wonder where they got that at. Hmm. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) I know. Right. Right. So a yellow sticker on our badge and then So as this is all rolling out, the only options we have basically are to, um, you know, we're choosing between our morals, livelihood, our potential well-being. Right. And so, you know, what are our options in this scenario? So the hospital says we can have religious exemptions, medical exemptions, um, remote work exemptions. The medical and remote work exemptions, the stipulations in those are basically impossible to get. So our really our only option is either get the jab or fill out a religious exemption. And um, a lot of people really struggled with that. You know, what is a religious exemption? What does it mean? And a lot of Mm -hmm. people were like, I'm not religious. They're never going to accept my religious exemption. Um, But if you what we we encourage people to fill these out. Okay with the caveat that every single hospital had a different form, every form had different wording, but every one of them had caveats built into it. So for you to submit this religious exemption, you had to basically click boxes saying, I agree to X, Y, and Z. And oftentimes those X, Y, and Zs were built-in safety nets for the hospital. And so Mm -hmm. it felt very much like a trap on our end. It was our only way to keep our job, keep our livelihood, support our families, keep our health benefits, all of those things. And but the wording was really strategic on their end. Yep. So it really limited you. It did. We were agreeing to never taking our mask down if there was anybody else present. Um, depending on work environment where you worked at. I mean, we have break rooms where we eat lunch all in a group. So we weren't allowed to take our mask down if anybody else was present. That meant we couldn't eat lunch in the break room. If an uh, if a vaccinated person came in, we would have to put our mask up and leave and go eat somewhere else. Some girls were told they were going to have to work or to eat in their car to have their lunch, which when you have a half an hour lunch break, by the time you get your food, get to your car, eat your lunch, and then run back in from the parking right. lot. I mean, but now, right. Not. But, but if you had COVID in your house or you're using an old mask, all this seemed to make sense to the hospital prior, but a lot of you really nurses, I would have guessed that you have built up a great immunity or many of you probably had prior infection anyways, which would even be the best, right. Than a, than a vaccine anyway. So they're not even working with you. They're not even trying to work with you. Yeah. Natural immunity has never been discussed. No. So yeah, now when, we all so, have it, probably the highest population that, you know, has natural immunity is us. You would think, <laughs> right. Yeah. You would think, let alone it was in your household. So you, you know, yeah. I'm right. This is all of us at this point, right. COVID is we've all brushed with COVID, you know, and um, I'm not, I'm not downplaying it because a lot of people have been very, very sick from it, but I still think that people um, should absolutely have the freedom to choose what they are putting into their body and they should not lose their jobs over that, that there should be a religious or a medical exemption. Um, this is how America has, has functioned in the past, um, an experimental brand new vaccine for those that want it, take it for those that can't and won't. I have an autoimmune disease. I, 
I heard horrible stories about people that have autoimmune and taken it um, and really haven't even recovered yet almost a year later. So for me, that's my own personal choice. I would hate to lose my, my, plus I've had COVID. I would hate to lose my job over this, you know, it's a, so what happens now? So did you get the exemption? What, what happened to your team, these nurses across the state of Montana? Mm -hmm. So I would say 95, 99% of us got religious exemptions. Um, The hospitals honored them. Um, There's no, there was no instruction on how long they're good for. There was no instruction on, you know, like all these caveats to it. It wasn't well explained. So we all submitted it. It got approved. Yay. We don't honestly know what it looks like going forward. If it's a, if it's a, you did it once you're done now, or we've heard other girls, um, in other States who are having their religious exemptions, um, taken away. And so we don't know, we don't know, like it's, again, it's more, more questioning, more distrust, more what's going to happen. We don't know what the future holds. And a lot of nurses are looking at alternative ways to do things are, are, so there's a huge problem with travel nurses. Travel nurses have made a ton of money during this time. A lot sure. of the travel travel nurses were not required to get the jab because they are a separate entity. They're not employed by the hospital. So a lot of nurses went traveling. So we have less and less staff nurses because you I've make less this. money. Mm-hmm. The incentive the incentivization is backwards. And right. so as a staff nurse, you make less money. You're forced to do these things. What do you do? A lot of right. us look at alternative alternative. Um, professions, right. <laughs> backup, backup plans, go traveling, you know, all these sorts of things that everybody, every single healthcare worker has discussed, right. thought of seriously. Um, so now you've us- got a traveling nurse could come in that's unvaccinated to replace the person that had to was fired because they're unvaccinated. This, a lot of this just does not make sense. And I guess now as we go into you know, next year, what will COVID look like? You know, now that we've all, I think everybody has had COVID at some level and been exposed to it. So things should be different or or we don't know. We don't know. We, I guess this is the whole thing. We have no idea what um, the government's going to do, what they'll mandate and what, um, what hospitals and, or, you know, businesses will, will decide to do, but I know it's, it's crushing. It is crushing a lot of households and a lot of industries and a lot of um, professionals in certain fields and it's terrible. It is, it is. And like when I spoke about the, at what cost for the hospitals, you know, you see this shift and you see that the hospitals can't sustain paying travel nurses what they're paying them. No. So you see these shifts happening, the people, what's gonna happen is access to care is going to get affected, which is gonna affect the population. And that's what we're here to do. Like that's our right. whole mission statement as nurses is to care for people. And if they can't get access, then you're affecting that. And your whole mission statement has is crumbling. You know, like it's a very roundabout way of the cost being instrumental. So they're saying they need to keep their CMS funding so that they can serve these, um, you know, populations of people. But then what's happening on the other side, you've got to watch out what's coming, you know? And so- I guess us as a group of healthcare workers, we just 
we formed a group. So we had strength in numbers because right. we wanted to have a voice. We wanted right. our voice to still be heard amongst this group. And so, um, because we love what we do, you know, right. many of us are called to do what we're doing. And so if we had a voice, we had a place at the table. Right. And so we're just hoping that through educating people, continuing to speak out, like, um, yeah, we just continuing to speak out is what it is going to take. And we have to right. stand together and have that unity. Otherwise we lose our strength. So really that is your advice to other moms that are listening, um, that may be going through something similar, band together, unite your voice, uh, let your concerns be heard, um, and become a, 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 a person at the table, um, in this discussion, because everyone should be considered. Everyone has a voice. Everyone has a position and, um, we can't disregard people like this. They're not throwaways especially no. nurses and, and people that have been giving their life to um, the medical field and caring for the sick. Um, you said, well, there's risk. There must be a choice. That's really your, that's really been your message. Um, you want to close on some thoughts on that? Um, I just think there's, again, a lot of unknowns with the vaccine. I think there's less unknowns now than there was when it first rolled out. And the things that we have learned are not necessarily positive. I mean, I saw recently that um, the first X number of pages that came out, all the paperwork that they were, didn't want to release, that Pfizer and Moderna didn't want to release for 55 years, that's starting to roll out. The adverse effects from this are significant and it's proven. It's not, it's not hidden. It's factual. So there's your truth if you're looking for. So if you have concerns, they're justified basically. And you need to be able to make a decision based on what's best for you based on all the facts. And um, we'll just keep driving that one home. Right. I think everyone should be able to decide what is best for them and their family. Mm -hmm. So, well, I appreciate, I know all the moms listening, um, appreciate you just stepping up and being a voice for a community of nurses that have concerns and questions and would like to be treated equally and fairly. Um, so that's what we do as moms, right? We step up and we champion our causes and we fight for what we believe in. And I, I believe that moms will be encouraged and inspired by your story, Corinne. Yep. Appreciate it. We do. So God bless you and say hello to those nurses and listen, you know, do you do the rope? too when you when you when you when you do you do that do you catch it with the rope my that? husband does I am not a roper no I mean come on <laughs> if I can get a picture of that I'm going to put that in in this podcast so um I'll you, send you, you were, some horse pictures yes and, and and the cowboy hats too right everybody wears the cowboy hat over there so the, the go from the do. go from the Oh my gosh. You go from the scrubs to the cowboy hat. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You're a wonderful mother and uh, a great woman. You've really encouraged us today. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. All right. Well, before we close out, I am going to mention a couple of last minute details here. As always, I encourage everyone, all those moms that are out there listening to stop by our website, momsforamerica.us. Check out our cottage meeting projects our cottage meeting series. This is 12 inspiring lessons for moms where you can learn about America's history, its heritage, the principles of liberty, and that this will help you build the foundation of freedom in your family 
and in your community. Again, that's the Cottage Meeting Project on our website, along with all of our other great resources that are available. Um, please stop by. Moms, we are so thrilled that you joined us today. Uh, we are you know, tackling tough subjects like this every week, and we do hope that it inspires and encourages you to use your voice in whatever situations that you are dealing with in your community and in your home and for America. And remember, we the moms, we are going to change this world, this country, one home at a time. God bless and thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.